Hey there, fellow Sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture. On today's episode, we examine the new trend of re-editing literature for the sensitivities of modern readers. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be your insensitive reader today as we appropriate some culture. So recently it came out that beloved children's author Roald Dahl's work was re-edited to better suit the sensibilities of modern audiences. The Telegraph outlined some of these changes, quote, Augustus Gloop is no longer fat, Mrs. Twit is no longer fearfully ugly, and the Oompa Loompas have gone gender neutral in new editions of Roald Dahl's beloved stories. The publisher, Puffin, has made hundreds of changes to the original text, removing many of Dahl's colorful descriptions and making its characters less grotesque. References to physical appearance have been heavily edited. The word fat has been removed from every book. Augustus Gloop and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory may still look like a ball of dough, but can now only be described as enormous. The review of Dahl's language was undertaken to ensure that the books can continue to be enjoyed by all today, Puffin said. Absolutely. You can't enjoy a book if it's... descriptive. Augustus Gloop is no longer fat. He's enormous, like Shaq. Actually, he's not enormous in that way. He's, well, he's fat. But you can't include the word fat because then the fatsos won't enjoy reading it. And given the obesity rates in this country, fatsos are our bread and butter. And more butter. And some bacon while we're at it. And you can't say fearfully ugly. That's one adjective too many, sir. What if somebody is fearfully ugly or knows someone who is fearfully ugly? Unflattering descriptions shouldn't be unflattering. That would make far too much sense. And it's not just that they are removing words, but these no-talent hacks are taking it upon themselves to add lines. Passages not written by Dahl have also been added. In The Witches, a paragraph explaining that witches are bald beneath their wigs ends with the new line, There are plenty of other reasons why women might wear wigs, and there is certainly nothing wrong with that. In previous editions of James and the Giant Peach, the centipede sings, Aunt Sponge was terrifically fat and tremendously flabby at that, and Aunt Spiker was thin as a wire and dry as a bone, only drier. Both verses have been removed, and in their place are the underwhelming rhymes, Aunt Sponge was a nasty old brute and deserved to be squashed by the fruit, and Aunt Spiker was much of the same and deserves half of the blame. Even more bizarrely, references to female characters have disappeared. Miss Trunchbull in Matilda, once a most formidable female, is now a most formidable woman. Boys and Girls has been turned into children, the cloud men in James and the Giant Peach have become cloud people, and Fantastic Mr. Fox's three sons have become daughters. Because sensitive readers would be upset to hear that Mr. Fox had three sons. Sons are offensive. It gets worse. Matilda reads Jane Austen rather than Rudyard Kipling, and a witch posing as a cashier in a supermarket now works as a top scientist. Yes, thank you. Little witches everywhere need witches they can look up to and aspire to, particularly in STEM fields, because let's face it, witches are disproportionately not represented in those fields, most likely because witches are less into science and more into witchcraft. But still, Mrs. Twit's fearful ugliness is reduced to ugliness, while Mrs. Hoppy is not an attractive middle-aged lady, but a kind middle-aged lady. 
Yeah, don't ever call a middle-aged lady attractive. That's the last thing they want to hear. And the last thing we want to read is one of Dahl's most popular lines from the Twits. You can have a wonky nose and a crooked mouth and a double chin and stick out teeth, but if you have good thoughts, they will shine out of your face like sunbeams. It has been edited to take out the double chin. The changes were made by the publisher Puffin and Roald Dahl's story company, now owned by Netflix, with sensitivity readers hired to scrutinize the text. Sensitivities over Dahl's stories were heightened when a 2020 Hollywood version of The Witches led to a backlash over its depiction of the Grand Witch, played by Anne Hathaway, with fingers missing from each hand. Warner Brothers was forced to make an apology after Paralympians and charities said it was offensive to the limb difference community. Offensive to the limb difference community. The Paralympic Games tweeted that differences should be celebrated and disability has to be normalized. Um, no. We should want disability to be abnormal, not normal. We don't want the normal or standard condition to be disability. Do you know what normalized means? You mean, you mean accepted or recognized or destigmatized. See, choosing the right word is hard, and it's the entire hallmark of an author and their particular ability to choose certain words and to order those words in very deliberate ways to communicate their ideas. And the notion that we should discard the words of an author for the ramblings of sensitivity readers whose sole qualification in literature seems to be their inordinate ability to be butthurt is far more offensive than anything Roald Dahl has ever written. And this practice isn't limited to the works of Dahl. Ian Fleming is getting an edit. According to National Review, James Bond books have been altered to remove potentially offensive language at the recommendation of sensitivity readers. Each book will now feature a disclaimer that reads, this book was written at a time when terms and attitudes which might be considered offensive by modern readers were commonplace. A number of updates have been made in this edition while keeping as close as possible to the original text and the period in which it is set. Edits include a change to Live and Let Die, in which Bond previously said Africans in the gold and diamond trades were pretty law-abiding chaps, I should have thought, except when they've drunk too much. The edited version axes, except when they've drunk too much from the text. Africans can't be pretty decent chaps with some flaws. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Another part of the book, which takes place during a striptease at a Harlem nightclub, was changed from Bond could hear the audience panting and grunting like pigs at a trough. He felt his own hands gripping the tablecloth, his mouth was dry, to Bond could sense the electric tension in the room. Ah. Agatha Christie is also getting the extreme woke makeover treatment. In Death on the Nile, the character of Mrs. Allerton complains about a group of children saying they come back and stare and stare and their eyes are simply disgusting and so are their noses and I don't believe I really like children. The reference to their eyes and noses being disgusting is now missing from the text. The word oriental has been removed in other instances. And a black servant originally described as grinning is now described as neither black nor smiling, but simply as nodding. In a Caribbean mystery, the amateur detective's appreciation of a West Indian hotel worker's lovely white teeth has been removed. Similar references to beautiful teeth are also stripped. A character described as having a torso of black marble, such as a sculptor would have enjoyed, no longer has that feature. And a Nubian boatman referring to the Egyptian ethnic group is now just a boatman. References to gypsies have been stripped throughout. An entire passage where a character fails to see a black woman in some bushes is now gone. That's a lot of editing. Wouldn't burning the books be simpler? All right, now what do we make of all this? 
We can castigate it as nothing but PC culture run amok, but I think the interesting point of this discussion is when we recognize that we actually do this kind of thing all the time. Movies, for instance, are routinely edited for television, language is substituted, scenes are re-edited or outright cut for the sensibilities of a television audience, and Christians engage in this sort of thing all the time, like VidAngel. Get this, my humans just downloaded VidAngel to filter out nudity, profanity, and graphic violence of their favorite shows. Which is crazy, because they never filter me. I'm always naked, cussing daily, and I throw down. With VidAngel, you can mute the words that hurt your ears and skip the scenes that hurt your eyes. I'm sure glad my humans don't speak canine. They wouldn't be so quick to call me good boy. Oh, are you saying bye to your friend? <laughs> bye is not the B word I just used. Good boy. VidAngel. Watch more, worry less. We edit out the F word, they edit out the word fat. And those edits are made for the same reason we're offended by it. We alter content for the sensitivities of an audience. So what's the meaningful difference there? Well, one meaningful distinction is that VidAngel is not replacing the original content. But it's worth noting that in the case of Roald Dahl, there was enough pushback that the publisher decided not to replace the original work, but to offer the new edits as an alternative, just an option. So what's wrong with that? Is there any meaningful distinction between what the publisher is doing and what VidAngel does? I don't see any. You know, wokeism is sort of a new puritanism. You know, it's like, oh, I can't see that. Ah, I can't hear that. I need a safe space. I need the entire world to conform to my sensitivities or I'll be offended. Does that sound familiar? That's really the same exact mindset as many Christians have had for decades. And just like the sensitivity readers, your righteousness is equally proportionate to how offended you are. You read books with the word fat in it? I'm sorry. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Roald Dahl is nothing but fat this and fat that. I don't want my head filled with the word fat. The word fat is not honoring to God. And after all, culture does dictate what are the good words and what are the bad words, what are the acceptable words and what are the unacceptable. So if we find these new edits to be preposterous and ridiculous, we have to ask ourselves, why? On what basis? Well, I hope this points us to something that we have repeatedly said on this program, which is, sin is not external. Being easily offended does not make you more righteous. Virtue signaling is not the same as being virtuous. And it is not what goes into a man that makes him impure. There's nothing wrong with being prudent. But when we institute an unbiblical purity test onto others, it becomes equally insufferable. And notice, too, that sensitivity readers ruin good art, which is also, and not coincidentally, the same reason Christian art has been so bad for so long. But times are changing. Well, that's it for today. As usual, if you appreciate what we're doing here, like, subscribe, share, review, give us a follow on the major socials, join my author's Facebook page, and I'll see you next week for more Appropriate in the Culture. Music